This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for Speak Legal, conversations with community law Otago, made with the support of Law Faculty, University of Otago. And joining us for Speak Legal today, Leisha De Bruin, who's been uh, bringing a really interesting series to us over the last few weeks on online safety. And just to note that today's session, we'll be talking about uh, child sexual abuse material, um, including uh, photos, videos, sexting and grooming and so forth. So just a content warming, warning ahead of this discussion today. Um, but uh, welcome, Leisha. Good to have you with us again. Thank you for having me again. Why are we talking about this? Why is it important? So uh, we'll be talking about just an online exploitation in general. Um, and I think, and I'm hoping to again emphasise just the importance of online safety um, in this day and age. And yeah, it is, I mean, online exploitation is a crime in New Zealand. Um, it might not seem like it, but it is in, in the Crimes Act, well, the main crimes, uh, the Crimes Act, uh, section 98AA, and then under the Films, Videos and Publications Classification Act as well, uh, which covers the child sexual abuse material. All right, let's start breaking it down. Uh, we often hear this expression, grooming. What does it mean? Mm-hmm. Right, so grooming in the terms of online exploitation um, is when an adult tries to build a relationship with a young person so that they can sexually exploit them in some way, and sometimes they are trying to. So sometimes they're trying to get uh, nude or nearly nude images or videos of a young person, or have a sexual conversation, um, which is sexting. Grooming can be in da- this day and age also adult to adult, but it's more commonly referred to um, with an adult and a young person or someone who is under eighteen. All right. Most commonly, how does grooming work? So most commonly, the groomer will contact the young person online. So that's via some them messaging them on a, um, social media, a chat, chatting in a forum, chatting in an online game, or any other place. Really, any other way that you can communicate, strangers can communicate with you. They will, they can communicate through that as well. Um, the groomer will try to get close to that person and will sometimes spend a considerably long time um, doing this. This could be months. All years, so it's not just a couple of days or a week, and then bam. Um, so, and they'll do that. The try to talk to the person for years or months um, before trying to get anything sexual. So that's just something to uh, look out for. And I mean, yeah. So sometimes, and then sometimes they try to they might try to get closer to you and like build a relationship. Yeah. All right. Um, younger people, <clears throat> it's an you know it's an interesting time for the development of new new kinds of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, how is this different, and how will we notice the difference between normal online friendships and and relationships and and grooming? Yeah, so that's totally right. Um, lot there are lots of different ways that you that online normal online friendships and relationships differ, uh, but they usually want you to keep your friendship. And relationship secret, that's a really good red flag, should I say. Um, Often they'll say something like, oh, it's something special between you and me. They only want to talk online, online chats or sometimes video calls, um, but often only online chats if they aren't who they say they are and they've lied about their age or whatever. Um, Then it'll only be via online chats. 
Um, they'll call you when they know you're alone and they'll get nervous when you mention that your parents or another adult or an older sibling is around. Um, and they'll, they'll ask for personal information quite early on. And they'll ask for personal information pretty early on because it helps them establish a connection um, and that obviously helps build the relationship. And, this, um, and then, yeah, and so, sorry, and just grooming, and, that, and then grooming leads to online exploitation. Yeah. And that often leads to the child sexual abuse material. Well, let's talk about child sexual abuse material because that will have a, a legal definition. Yes, it does. Uh, so this is the permanent recording of sexual abuse or exploitation of a child uh, or of a young person under the age of 17. Uh, and this includes images, videos, or live streamed content. And that's the nitty-gritty de- um, de- definition under the Films, Videos, and Publications Classification Act. Always a mouthful. Um, and it is a crime. Um, possession, so possession of the abuse material is a crime, um, which possession means just um, owning or having. And that is up to 10 years in prison or a fine up to $50,000. Distributing objectionable content, so that material, um, that includes, distributing includes sharing it or posting it online or making it available to others in any other way, um, which is showing somebody on your from your phone who's in person with you. Uh, and that can lead up to 14 years in prison as well. And then um, if, so that is obviously some people can just stumble across it. Um, it is rough and online. And so if you do discover that kind of material, you should report it to the Department of Internal Affairs or the DIA or the, and the police immediately, uh, even if it was unsolicited or accidental, especially if it's unsolicited or accidental. All right. It's really, really important that um, we do the right thing on discovery of this material, isn't it? Because there are there are legal ramifications for, for if we might, say, inappropriately share mm-hmm. it ourselves. Yes, definitely. It is a fine line. Um, but if you stumble across it, especially, or somebody somebody sends it to you, and um, so that's unsolicited, you don't send that material to anybody, don't share it to anybody, um, even if it is to get advice on whether this, does this count as child sexual abuse material or not, um, that does equal distribution. Um, and that could, and the person that you send it who that had sent it to you, should I say, is in possession of that kind of material. Um, so, and but if you even if you do say show it to somebody, in, um, a friend or a family member, and say what you know, does this count as a, um, indecent material? Then um, you ha- you should report it regardless um, immediately, as this may offer you some kind of form of protections against prosecution, and also report it immediately if you're unsure if that person is underage or not. Pretty much, just if you see material, if you get something and you're not sure, don't show it to anybody. Your next move is to contact, report it to the DIA and to the police straight away. And those moves um, can have really important ramifications because they could mm-hmm. lead to um, getting a child out of a bad situation. 100%. There are a, quite a lot of programs that the police and um, the DIA have at their uh, disposal that can analyse those pictures and those photos uh, to pick up clues and then um, to find out the location or the identi- identity of a child from, and then we'll be able to help them rescue that child from abuse. So it's 
really, really crucial. Now, Alicia, we know that, uh, I'm going to sound like an old fogey here, but in this day and age, I'll use that word, in this day and age, uh, it is quite common uh, for some young people to send nude or nearly nude content of themselves to other young people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it's really, really important that young people understand that on sharing nude images or photos <coughs> sorry, of somebody under the age of 17, even if it is of themselves, uh, is technically distributing child sexual abuse material in the eyes of the law. It's pretty clear cut. Um, so this means, so this includes on sharing of nudes of another person who is underage, um, even if they consented to that video or picture um, being taken and sent. So just don't send it. Um, and then also, if that person, if that per, if the person they're sending the images to is underage, then that's technically supplying objectionable material to a minor. That's also another crime. Uh, so it's obviously a very, it's a landmine of 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 uh, crimes, so best not do it. No point in burying our heads in the sand here. Um, for those no. who think it doesn't actually happen here in New Zealand, what would you say about that? Well, I haven't been able to see any real recent updates on some numbers, but I know that in 2008-19, News Hub revealed that there are 50,000 clicks every day uh, from New Zealanders trying to access child sex um, abuse images. That means so there's a prox- so that means there's approximately 18 million clicks a year uh, to access this kind of material. And then with so with if in relation so in relation to New Zealand's population of approximately 4.7 million, that means that the amount of attempts to access child sexual abuse material every year is four times the New Zealand's entire population. And uh, the po- the prosecutions around exploitation of children in 2018 was 204, and this is an increasing trend, just because a lot of exploitation legislation has been is relatively young, uh, so it's still making its way through the courts, but it happens quite often. Important to consider um, the person who's being groomed. Uh, and, yes. and their position legally. What can you say about that? Yeah, so if you are being groomed or you believe you've listened to this and you think, oh, shucks, I've definitely been groomed or you think you've been groomed, um, and this has resulted in you taking and sending nudes or videos or both or whatever, um, you don't, you have not committed a crime and then and you won't get in trouble with the police when you report it and you should report it. Uh, it's different. Uh, because because you've been groomed and then committed the and then sent those photos on the court the the court looks at it different they haven't they don't see you as being explicit in the crime they've seen that a crime has occurred against you uh, so you are you will not be in trouble for that um, and it's really important that you report it and so that the police can stop the people who are grooming you or have groomed you from grooming, further grooming you and grooming other people in the future. Yeah, such an important point because one could imagine that that might be the very thing that uh, prevents a young person from speaking up, thinking they've got themselves into trouble. 100%, and that's a constant threat that is given out um, from the groomers. Oh, you've done this. This is a crime. If you report it, if you tell anybody, then you're going to get in trouble and it's just a blatant lie. Um, it's not. You're not going to get in trouble. All right, Lisa, let's look at what we can do to protect ourselves, our family. Yeah, so obviously um, I think the number one thing 
it, that's important to do is to have the online safety chats before it is too late. Um, and NetSafe is the place to go. It has um, articles and work books and all that sort of material for families, for parents, for teachers, um, so that you can have these online safety chats with your children. And uh, I guess another one is don't give strangers your personal information and keep your online relationships and your friendships. Don't keep your online online uh, relationships and friendships a secret. Don't take, send, or ask for nude photos or videos because, again, it is technically a crime if it is under 17. Uh, and then, again, I can't reiterate enough, visit NetSafe. It, there's always, um, there's, yeah, just a lot of guidance available there and 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 the big thing for family and parents is to create a safe space for kids to speak up if needed and for the children to know that there is a safe space to, um, to speak up so that it's important that parents don't freak out and punish their child if they say that they've been groomed or they've taken these photos uh, it's one of the leading reasons why kids don't tell anybody that that something's wrong they're scared of the repercussions um, and I guess finally, speak out. If um, speak out to your family, your friends, or someone who you trust who can help you, the police. You can come to Community Law Otago. If you're under 17, you can also go to uh, Youth Law. You can give them a call. Um, there is absolutely no shame. Difficult topic. Thanks for handling it so well today, Leisha De Bruin, uh, for Speak Legal. Um, just remind us, Leisha, what's the situation with accessing Community Law Otago services at the moment? Right, so at the moment our services are still available, but they're all over the phone. So give us a call or flick us an email. Um, you can go to our Community Law Otago website where our details are there, um, and you can make an appointment and we will have we will give you advice over the phone um, and work from there. Kia ora, Alicia. Thanks so much for joining us here on ORFM for Speak Legal. We look forward to catching up again next week, and we do thank Community Law Otago and the law faculty at the University of Otago for bringing us this every week. Thank you for having me. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.